Hello, hi, you are listening to Talking in Tangents. My name is Megs. I go by she and her, and I'm with my co-host Britt. What's up, Britt? Hi, Megs. I'm Britt. I go by she, her, they, and them, anything except for him. Um, <laughs> how are you doing today? How am I doing? Gosh, um, I'm actually doing doing pretty good. Uh, this week's been kind of long. Um, I started a second job, just getting some extra cash, nothing too crazy or anything, trying to manage still some sort of work-life balance, but, mm-hmm. um, you know bills and such but um other than that you know I'm, I'm doing i'm doing pretty good i just i honestly i think i've been kind of thriving and keeping myself busy mm-hmm. a lot of the times like uh, as much as i love kind of having my my weekends off i found myself especially during quarantine kind of getting kind of bored and i wanted to do some something healthy and um i don't know earning some extra cash for a little bit sounded like a pretty sweet deal and uh, yeah no other than that pretty 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 solid mental yeah. mental awesome. health is pretty good considering um the fact that i have not had a day off in you know two weeks but other than that I, you know what feeling feeling good how about nice. you how are you doing i am also feeling really good same kind of thing i mean as a parent i'm already like working 24 7 but then and my job has really really picked up which is a good thing um no breaks, but you know what? It's been like that for a few weeks now, and they say it takes like two weeks to build a habit, and so I think this is my new normal now, and it doesn't stress me out anymore. I'm not crying or thinking, what is life? Now I just know that this is life. I'm not trying to glamorize the whole work until you die thing because we all deserve breaks uh, and need to be human, but you know what? For right now, we're doing great, and now we get to bring you guys some excellent content. It's kind of going to be a continuation of episode two. So part two, we'll talk more about our relationships um, of past, not current. I only have one partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the fact that our that our episodes are, even though our name is Talking in Tangents, we're subconsciously tangenting, tangenting, tangenting. We're all, there's a connection slowly through, kind of like a, I don't know, like a Tarantino movie of some sort. Oh, so yeah. There's always something connected. You're going to get a sneak peek of episode four somewhere in this episode. Yeah, we won't tell likely. you yet. You're just going to have to guess. But uh, honestly, unless we completely like flip it around and do something completely different, like, haha, new tangent. We which came is up with the it. ultimate Tarantino move, in, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm super stoked. It's been really fun kind of getting our rhythm set out, and we appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. Y'all listening, and... Uh, Follow our um, Instagram, Talking yes. in Tangents Pod. Yes, on, on, Insta. The inst- on the Instagram. We're really excited. The we more... don't have a Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, I think Twitter would be a terrible idea. <laughs> if, I, if we had a Twitter, it would just... I don't know. All I know is that Twitter is just a negative place. And I would rather live in, like, this fake, happy world of Instagram. <laughs> I mean, I I don't necessarily think it's fake. I don't have a Twitter, to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, my Instagram's but fake. I, I don't keep, post myself. I keep myself just to Instagram these days, mainly because Facebook has been taken over by the old folks, and it's not fun anymore. And, and fake articles. Yeah, just the fake news and all that junk. Um, Instagram, even though it's still kind of fake in general, I do enjoy, I kind of just post things for me. Yeah. And if people, I just try not to pay attention to the likes. If they don't like the meme that I post or the picture of my beer and my book 
or the video of my cat, then y'all can just eat my butt. Email us your opinions at TalkingTangentsPod at, oh, speaking of Instagram, uh, Meg's just mentioned me in her story. Oh, While we're know. podcasting? Wow. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I got I the notification. I remember doing just that just now. I think it was a it's lag. It's a video of my cat. It's, a, la- it's a lag. Oh, yeah. I did do a video of your cat. There we go. Fucking cute. Email us your opinions at TalkingTangentsPod at gmail.com, and we're going to dive into this week's episode. Yeah. Pop pop culture. This is where we talk about things that you could bring up at your next small gathering if you get stuck with the person that you don't know and have to come up with some small talk topics. Yes, water cooler shit. We got you. What's going on in the world? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot. Um uh, so, tragedies left and right always yeah we're gonna so, try to keep it positive but <laughs> first yeah we got to talk about some sad shit um i don't know about you brit but i'm fucking pissed um you can always tell when uh people start to get over situations um in particular we all have been dealing with covid um but because you know people are getting over with being inside or whatever and things are slowly calming down quote unquote Mm -hmm. you can tell things are dying out because there's mass shootings again yeah uh we spent we spent a whole year y'all without a mass shooting passing because people have been very focused on you know covid and the seriousness and people dying but now that the covid dying is 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 dying down um there has been two shootings in six days and the most recent one has been on Monday in Boulder, Colorado, with 10 people dead. And the youngest victim being 21 years old and the oldest being 65. This is at a grocery store. And um, yeah, there's there's still no motive. I'm incredibly frustrated. Heartbreaking for all those families. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart goes out to all of them. I mean, nobody, absolutely. N- nobody deserves to be gunned down in a grocery no, store. absolutely and not. The fact that these things kind of happen, it just... The United States is supposed to be, quote-unquote, the greatest country in the world, and yet again, we're just flailing and puttering. Like, I'm proud to be where I am, and I'm proud to live where I live, but at the same time, I am so frustrated (laughs) that this keeps happening. Um, Let's let's move on to to something a little bit more lighthearted. But still sad. Still sad. Uh, Jeopardy. Uh, I don't know about you, but I grew up watching Jeopardy. I grew up watching Jeopardy every time I went to go visit my mom. When I came home from college, we would watch her recorded episodes of Jeopardy. And I just remember the age in which I started beating her, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. at Jeopardy was the best time ever. Oh, yeah. It was what I watched when I visited my grandparents. They would Mm -hmm. always, after dinner, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. And it was just, I remember sitting on my grandpa's lap and like, trying to force myself into that chair as I got older too. Like we would just like, I just want to sit on your lap and watch Jeopardy. But yeah, it was such a huge part of my life and my existence. Like Alex Trebek is irreplaceable. Irreplaceable and amazing human. Rest so in when, peace. when when he passed away, I mean it was very heartbreaking. And mm-hmm. the fact that he had his diagnosis with cancer for so long and toughed it out for as long as he did, like, bless him. Like, just amazing human, so smart, lived a great life. I know, like, his family, I'm sure, misses him. I know all his fans miss him. 
But, you know, since he passed away, there there was the conundrum of who to replace him. And dear God, you cannot replace Alex Trebek. Mm-mm. So the the... Basically, the network has been kind of trying to fill in his shoes in little brief snippets Mm -hmm. and have been choosing people kind of randomly to see if someone sticks. And they have different people lining up. And um, the most recent one, which is (laughs) the one that kind of has pissed me off, has been causing a boycott to watch the show. And it's because they picked Dr. Oz as as a guest host. He's another smart white male with a caring voice. Let's choose him. It's been called a quote-unquote horrible mistake, and I must agree because Dr. Oz, whose who's idea? I want to know whose idea was that because he's not even a real doctor. He's oh, a fake, I, yes, I once... He's a fake-ass doctor. Listened to him for, like, diet pills, and I was like, why the frick did I do that? Yeah, he is, he is on, like, the level of, like, kind of... He's bl- a sellout doctor. I blame Oprah as much as like you know. There's we anything all, that makes money. Yeah, we all know. Do it. We all know our feelings on Oprah, but <laughs> yeah, it further proves my point of like my questions of Oprah's teachings because she brought this man to existence and to popularity, and now mm-hmm. he has books and diet plans and millionaire money and for what? Just telling people incorrect health information yeah. putting the word doctor in front of it like ugh, yeah no i He's, share that sentiment yeah. just not a very smart man i'm a little disappointed um apparently uh, i think they should take it i honestly believe that they should find a nobody to make a new host yeah someone or, who can like build up their own reputation or what about that one guy that, that actually won jeopardy that what's his name oh sure that would be even more that would be the true passing of the torch honestly yeah. like he, that would be great um they have mayim bialik coming to do a guest hosting and i like her mm-hmm. i don't know if she would do well long term wise but she's very intelligent she's mm-hmm. a neuroscientist um before she did well, after she did acting, she was known in Blossom first, and then she went to get her doctorate in neuroscience and then mm-hmm. went back to do Big Bang Theory. But ultimately, like, I, I enjoy her as, you know, a host of sorts. She has a pretty good YouTube channel. She has a podcast. She has a podcast. She's very intelligent and great speaker. Very funny. Um, so I think she would, she, would do, she would do well, but Dr. Oz can eat all the dicks. Um, and I do not want to see his face on the television, um, more than I need to. And so that's my disgruntled comment on Dr. Oz being on Jeopardy because fuck that noise. Yeah. Forget, uh, forget television. What about movies? Oh man. So theaters are, <laughs> theaters are opening up in April. What the hell? I'm that so- is wild. I can't even remember the last movie I saw in theaters. I, te- I tend to fall asleep. During movies, to be fair, I feel so bad from the dates I've been on that where I take it as like a nap break just because it's so calming for some reason. I don't know why. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw a movie and I, I'm sure I saw a movie. I saw a movie with you and fell asleep. <laughs> it was the Han Solo movie. Oh, that was a long one. I know. It was really long. I was so sleepy that night. That was a long ass movie. It's oh, okay. I don't blame you for falling asleep. That was a long one. Sorry. Um... That was oh, that was a while ago. What were your thoughts on the movie theaters opening? I feel good about it. I miss movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I love going to the movies. Uh, I hadn't seen a movie in the theaters for 
recent that I can recall. The one movie that I can really remember seeing in theaters was Midsummer. <gasps> I saw that one too. It was great in theaters, but yeah. also I remember walking out of that theater after watching that movie and going, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Like that was literally, I got turned to my roommate and I went, what the fuck did we just Dude, watch? Dude, I had to and read. She was like, bro, I, what? Like, I don't know. So I'm I sure had to I read the, movie, I had to, re- if, if you haven't seen Midsummer, it's a really wild tale of uh, a girl whose entire family basically, I think they all commit suicide, correct? And she's kind of left alone to no, fend for her. No, her sister kills them. Oh, and got she commits you. Suicide. The sister com- kills so the she, parents, so commits suicide. So PTSD is in a kind of emotionally toxic relationship. And, and she goes to Sweden. They go on a, like a work. Whatever. They go on like. Their, trip. Her, her boyfriend and her his graduate classmates program. are doing like their graduate doctorate class. And they're yeah. studying. Like cults or um, small. Like old timey sects of religion and um in europe ye old country shit um they're like anthropology majors or some shit and it's basically like one guy's excuse to like do his doctorate but the other guys are like i just want to go to europe and like mm-hmm. and out. she takes this as a chance to get away go on adventure yeah, get, which i break away from her trauma would have done too i yeah. would have been like let's just go do a ye old country and so I didn't quite understand the ending mm. of this movie. And spoiler alert, spoiler alert, skip ahead 30 seconds. Lots of people die. But yeah, lots of people die. And also I had to read the script in order to understand the ending. So whenever essentially she like burns her boyfriend to death, uh, not intentionally, but just the way that cookie crumbles in this cult. And uh, it go, like it's her face and she's just laughing and smiling like with a huge grin on her face at the end. And it's because she finally found a place where she belonged, a new family, a new place where she's important and queen. <laughs> I love, there's a meme too of like when she's kind of first sitting in the flowers. Yeah. And she has that like mm, sad It's a creepy face, movie. That little like, you know that we're talking about, the little like sad face. Mm-hmm. And the, the actress whom I love, and I'm blanking on her name, she is so great, but she's emoting like this ultimate, like it's, it's like the emoji frowny face where it's such a, Subtle. Yeah, it's aggressive. It's oh, an aggressive. Where it's like extending down to the chin. It's like the full <laughs> frowny. Um, and so she first, her first cut of like her just surrounded by all these beautiful flowers. <laughs> and she's just like upset. She is pouting. She is fucking pissed. She just saw a whole bunch of shit and some mm-hmm. cult nonsense. And now she's queen of the maypole or whatever the fuck. And she's just not having it. Yeah. So that first cut, she's just like mm, pouting. I love that <laughs> as like a screenshot meme. But then like the next scene in the movie is very poignant where it's like it then cuts later to everyone like basically like sacrificing and burning people to death. Yeah. And then that's when she slowly starts to smile and you're like, oh God, why is she smiling? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the last movie I remember watching yeah. in the theaters, but I'm pretty sure there was maybe one or two other movies that I saw in the theaters, but... some of the, And some of these movies that you see in theaters kind of almost belong yeah, in like a like cinema there, setting. There are movies that belong to be in a theater. And, and so that's what I miss that. a lot. And we were actually talking uh, earlier... 
that Disney has kind of made some executive decisions to put certain movies only on the streaming service and not in theaters. For example, right now, if you wanted to watch Raya the Last Dragon, you would have to pay the $30. I was so surprised it was $30 um, to watch the film. Same with Mulan. Yeah, they tried that shit with Mulan and I was like... <sighs> I was like, I uh, for some movies, I can wait. If, unless there's a lot of hype, but um, for the I have a good patience when it comes to movies. Mulan would have only been good in theaters. I haven't watched it. But I am a full proponent to, if you're going to do a live action movie, Disney, are you listening to me? If you're going to do a fucking live action movie, it needs to be in theaters for a hot second. And I think they, I think they are learning that because they have a couple of movies slated for future release. Also, um, they should have put Mushu in it and they didn't put Mushu in that's it. That's disappointing. I mad. didn't know that. Mushu is very important. And there was no Shang. Like the fucking love interest of Mulan was not in it. That's like, Yay, girl wild. power. I appreciate that she don't need no man. But Shang was a nice character. You gotta at least put Mushu in there. Rude. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, they have some movies slated for future release. Uh, two of them are live action movies, I believe. It's Cruella and Black Widow. Those are going to be released in theaters. However, there is one Pixar movie that is only going to be released on Disney+. Plus. And honestly, though it is very sad that a Pixar movie, which is very... Every Pixar movie is emotionally moving. It's all cinematically beautiful. It could definitely belong in movie theater. They are choosing to release it only on Disney+. Plus, and I think, honestly, it's a business move because when you sign up for Disney+, Plus, that's a recurring payment per month. They, yeah. It's like you're seeing a movie every a Disney movie every single month in theaters and it's, they're getting all the money from it. It's easier to have a kid watch a movie. Yeah, at home too. At they're home. not screaming. So, so they they saw this Pixar movie. They're like, okay, we release this at home. Parents can enjoy it. Their kids can enjoy it. It won't be a big deal. These movies that are more geared to, towards young adults and, adult, and even adults in general, they will crave seeing it in theaters we will I, release in theaters and get those views. I honestly think this is the sales. future of movie theaters. So yeah, let, me, let, me, let me paint a picture for you. Balance. So I know, if, if, I'm sure you've gone to a few of these movie theaters, but there are a few movie theaters out there these days before the pandemic where you would go and you can get a cocktail and mm. you can get dinner and you can sit in a reclining seat. And I mean like a reclining seat, like full lean back, like, oh, I am in a massage chair. This is lovely. Someone's handing me a cocktail and some freaking chicken wings and whatever and fancy flatbreads. And so you're able to have like movie theaters have become as if you pay for it, it an adult experience where you can enjoy and it's no longer the movie theaters for for a long time were kind of like a kid's place to go. And now it's become like more of an adult escape so when you go to like a theater you're like oh my god there's kids here Blech. like it's not it's not kid friendly anymore if you've noticed that mm -hmm. even if you go to a kid's movie there's always that one person that's like shushing Shut someone up. and mm -hmm. it's like bro like it's a little kid watching a disney movie calm your tits but mm -hmm. i get it like sometimes you want to watch the movie also tickets are expensive yeah you want to watch the movie and you want to immerse and then yeah tickets are incredibly expensive yeah so it almost seems like i think the future of movie theaters is going to be very much an adult-faced experience. It's going to be too much of a hassle to buy a bunch of tickets for a bunch of kids and, you know, shove them in the theater and, you know, maybe have a few adults with them. Uh, I think now it's going to be like the kids' movies are going to be released on these streaming devices and you can have, like, little watch parties or whatever or have the movie. 
but I don't think it's going to be like a kid-friendly environment anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I remember going to birthday parties as a kid, and the 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 event of the birthday party was like going to see a movie. And oh yeah, sleepover. I saw Anastasia. No one- in the movie theaters. And that was one of my Dude. first childhood experiences at a mm-hmm. birthday party. I had I'm two so excited. I had two birthdays that were movies. And the first one was Lilo and Stitch. Oh. And for my fourth it was fourth grade birthday. And then my second one was uh Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. And that was a big deal because my mom was scared because it was a PG thirteen movie. That movie was so great in theater. She had to yeah, she had to call a movie critic to find out why it was rated PG thirteen because she did not want to expose us to any sexual was it, scenes. Was it because of um, uh, violence? Oh violence and alcohol. And also I think oh, they Oh yeah, the rum. The rum. The rum um, that was gone. Yeah. And then I think they like really assured her like, hey, this is it's, it's a dramatic movie and that's why it's rated PG-13. Um, and so she understood. I was, fortunately, I was luckily, well, lucky enough to have that party and they actually took me up to the, uh, the reel and made me press play, essentially. <laughs> for the movie for Pirates of the Caribbean yeah so I got to start the great. film and then they escorted me back down to my seat and that was the best birthday that's ever that's so cute and I got a giant cutout of Jack Sparrow in my oh, room okay, okay that reminds me okay I have to give this tangent okay mm-hmm. so when I lived with my dad um, when I was like you know 19 till I was 20 uh, I worked at a, a bookstore, and this is actually around that same time frame. So mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean had just come out, and they were. We also sold movies and music and whatever at this mm-hmm. bookstore. I'm sure you're aware of which bookstore at this point. Um, and we would get a bunch of like random like free movie promotion cutouts to kind of promote the movie being sold or the book or whatever. So for one reason or another, I forgot why, but we had a big life-size cutout of jack sparrow probably the same johnny johnny depp yeah and um i remember my coworker or my boss being like oh like we have this big cutout of johnny depp who wants to take it home and me being a teen i was like uh me i would love to have johnny depp i'll hang the hats on him it uh, in my room or whatever and it's a full fucking life size. Dude, yes. And he's wearing his little pirate garb or whatever. We had the same standard so, probably. So I took it home. I think I like either shoved it in my car or like my coworker's car and took it home. And I think I placed it in the living room for a minute <laughs> and just didn't think about it and then went to sleep. And then my dad, who worked like late night shifts, uh. came home late at night and then saw this cutout, and, like, basically it's it's cut out to be a shape of a man. I imagine he would probably just kick it. <laughs> he fucking judo-chopped it. Dude, yeah. I he would literally... Too. If I didn't expect it, I totally would have judo-chopped it, He literally walked into the doorway, and I, he still tells this story, and my That's sister and I terrifying. crack up about it, because he's like, yeah, I came in. I punched all, a pirate. And all of a sudden, I saw this cutout of a man, and I, <laughs> to his quote, I judo-chopped it. Hiya! <laughs> right at the neck. <laughs> <laughs> and then you obviously hit it and it's a cardboard cutout. But then I woke up the next day and Johnny Depp's head was just like Rrr. and I was like, What the fuck? Poor Johnny, what happened? And my dad was like, What the fuck? Can you not leave your shit in the living room? But also I totally like basically like punched it <laughs> at Dude, one in the to morning. To be fair, that is a terrible place to leave it. Oh my god, it was great. So <laughs> 
in my scrollings the other day of like pop culture, I just like typed in People magazine and was like, what's going on in like celebrity stuff? Because, you know, I'm not hip to a lot of celebrity things, but I'm you know, not hip. I, I genuinely or I'm, I'm curious. I have a hip. I mean, <laughs> I mean, sometimes at least one. <laughs> sometimes I'm I'm curious to certain celebrity things, but I, I'm not as versed as as most. Um, but I randomly like Googled up pop culture, and the, one of the first things, one of the first things that popped up was Chris Jenner's dumb face, and I was like, what the fuck did she? Could she possibly no be doing? And all of the Kardashians and all their bullshit, and I was like, let's click on this bullshit and see. So, uh, Chris Jenner is starting a skincare line. Stop it. Yeah. Stop you have it. money already. First, stop it. Um, if we've learned tire, any- we learned anything with Kylie Jenner and her skincare line is you need to pick a fucking lane mm-hmm. and, uh, don't, don't try to be a, don't do it because you can Mm-hmm. Do it because if you have some sort of experience or connection to it, like even Kim Kardashian doing her skims, skims, she wants to put on shapewear. She's marketing it, it very well. It makes sense. She's a big old gal and she sucks it all in. My friends have skims and they love them. Ultimately, a curvy gal is an excellent proponent for shapewear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kylie Jenner is a small, petulant child. Uh, I don't see her as being a skincare guru. Maybe a little bit of makeup because she wears a lot of it. But like the skincare stuff, I mean, obviously it flopped for but a reason. But also does she even do her own makeup? She's not an esthetician. I like she doesn't know what she's doing. So I was like, what could possibly Kris Jenner have any kind of reasoning to a skincare line? Um, to be fair, I guess it's kind of like how some celebrities have perfumes. Yeah. I think so, they do it because they can get their name on it. Like the how we're talking about celebrities have alcohols yeah. or beers. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing with skincare. And this is why mm-hmm. I had to say, I'm okay with Kylie Jenner having her fucking makeup line. It makes sense. It's because skincare is a science, huh? Skincare is a science. And also, it's it's false advertisement. I don't care how often you wash your fucking face with whatever the fuck you wash. They aren't going to get rid of those lines. There are things that I <laughs> I promise you, women, listen to me. There are things that you cannot take away with eye cream. And I'm sick of celebrities and famous people toting their shit and being like, this is what's going to make you look like me. You know what makes them look like them is Botox. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Uh, it's so important. Like, obviously, skincare is incredibly important. You should be wearing sunscreen. You should be putting on eye cream. Moisturizer. I, I, moisturizer, for the love of God. Um, but I just, I, I am worried that they're selling the wrong thing to young people into thinking that, oh, this is what's going to make you look young and beautiful and look exactly like me. No, there's a lot of things that make them look the way that they do. And a lot mm-hmm. of it is surgical. I actually follow a few um, makeup artists as well as a few Instagram influencers. I don't, I've unfollowed a lot of them, but I kept these few gals because they are very honest about the fact that Instagram is a lot of angles and a lot of sucking in and a lot mm-hmm. of photo tune and a lot of filler and a lot of Botox. And one of the girls that I follow, she's a makeup artist in LA. And she also is very blunt about the work that she's done. Mm-hmm. And the work that she's done is very minimal. Mm-hmm. But she's honest about it. And it's because she believes so much in being like, you know what? I am 
a licensed makeup artist. I'm an esthetician. I do all these things and I do it for a living, but also I put a little Botox in my forehead and Mm -hmm. I want to walk you through that process and know that like, Hey, obviously I take care as much as I can, but there are some things that I need a little oomph for. Mm -hmm. And that's for me. It's not for, um, anyone else. It's my own visual needs that I want, but Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be like, you know what? This little eye cream is what made me look like this. No. Lies. Yeah. So the fact that there are influencers out there that are proposing all these things and actually really telling the truth of how you look the way that they do is so important as an influencer. There's another influencer gal that I follow that she is like, she'll do a side by side of like a really cute photo and then she'll, you'll slide over and it's her like relaxed and you can kind of see a stomach roll or she'll be not sucking in, Mm -hmm. or she'll have a different angle, so, like, her butt will look different. So, like, there are little tweaks that people do, and it's just so important to have that healthy balance of being, like, there's nothing wrong with looking your best and having that angle and putting a little Botox or whatever. But if you're not breathing during a photo, then... Be fucking honest about it. Like, be honest about it. And so the fact that, like, there are these celebrities that are, like, proposing this skincare line to look like me and this is what you're going to do. No, you look like the way that you do because of your skincare and because of enhancements. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't make money off of other people's insecurities. Mm-hmm. Like be honest about it. And just the Kardashians know better than that and the fact that they are consistently making money off of lies and nobody wants to admit it, it's infuriating. Um I mean, Khloe Kardashian does not look even the same anymore yeah. at all. And I, she looks gorgeous, but she's just like, oh, no, I'm just, I've got healthier and I eat salads now. Girl, you've got also a fucking facelift mm-hmm. or a nose job or something. Like, stop lying. Like, yeah. I'm just tired of liars. Like, you can look beautiful and have a little, little tuckety too or whatever. Like, I am all for tweaking what you need to, but you should be honest about it and or it shouldn't control your face or control your body or whatever. Like, it should compliment you. Kylie Jenner's, like, face scrub is not what's going to make you look like Kylie Jenner. It's a lot of, a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I just, just be aware. Like, it's all marketing and a ploy. Like, if you want Botox, fucking get it. But don't, don't act like this, you know, eye cream from, you know, Ulta is going to make you look flawless because it ain't. Just please don't. I've been down that spiral. I've bought so many goddamn eye creams thinking that this would be the fix. It's not. It's not. not. Anymore. And that is pop culture. Pop culture. All right. All right. Time for our beverage break. Beverage break. Beverage break. Um, I'm just going to say my beverage really quickly just because the fact that it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I told, So I know last week I said I was going to buy a really expensive whiskey for Megan to try. Um, and instead, I bought a really expensive wine. But then yesterday, I made a really expensive dinner. I'm like, well, it goes with, good with expensive food. It's expensive wine. So I drank wine. <laughs> it was okay. But I will tell you guys about it just because... I owe you that yes. much. Yes, describe this wine so, to me. So, this wine, it was a 2017 Cabernet Sauvignon. 
I think that's what it's called. Um, and it's a red wine. It was the year 2017. That's as vintage as it gets for me with wine because anymore and it just go the price goes up. Oh, yeah. Um, unless it's just a really shitty wine that you forgot about that's living in your pantry and it's like a 2013, like some stupid menage a trois wine. I saved this Charles <laughs> Shaw from 2009. I'm very it's curious vintage. how that would taste. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so I drink cabs. Is, cabs are the only wine I drink honestly and to be fair most of my cabs I drink are cheap ones from like Trader Joe's and they always leave my mouth very dry they are very um what's the word whenever something leaves your mouth dry and yeah so anyway this cab was it's conference from Zaka Mesa um some place in the wine valley of California where my friend went Napa I think uh Sonoma I think it might be Sonoma. I could look it up. It's called Zacamesa is the name of the winery. Um, but I have to say it was delicious. It was so smooth and clean. Like it didn't leave any sort of weird bitterness or dryness in my mouth. It was like drinking juice. So it had like very oh, yeah. like blackberry jam notes. Yum. It had a great body. It wasn't like overwhelmingly syrupy, which some, which is why I don't like Pinot Noirs. Those are too syrupy and too fr- fruit forward for me. But this one was so subtle, like it's berry, like bit not not tart, but not overly sweet berry notes with a little hint of vanilla mm-hmm. and chestnut. I was a huge fan of it. I would buy it again if I had fifty dollars to throw away every week. But alas, what did you pair with it with dinner? Like how did what inspired I- your dinner? <laughs> so um. I wish I could say that it was just steak and like Caesar salad and rice that I made. But um, again, I, I like to be bougie, but not 100% bougie. So I didn't commit to this, the entire just like steak for me to season and cook perfectly. I bought a marinated carne asada. No, it's like a Santa Rosa marinated steak from Trader Joe's. But it's steak and it sounds nice. And it was $18 worth. The marinated carne people. asada at Trader Joe's is no shit that fucking slaps dude yeah so it was really fully support your decision to get marinated meats at trader joe's because thank you thank you yeah it was a delicious dinner a delicious wine 10 10 recommend um if i if you drove to this random zaka mesa winery in california thank you to Jaden and sam charles for getting that for me Megan, what are we actually drinking today? Yeah, so what we're drinking right now, oh shoot, can you grab the bottle because yep. I want to know the exact name. Well, while she's grabbing it, um, we are drinking a Cezanne from the brewery, which is a local Orange County location. They're located in Placentia, California, which is right by my work. So it's a quick little five-minute jaunt from my work to go after work. It's super nice. They have a really great little patio right now and little heaters, which is kind of why I've been going there recently more often because, as we all know, everyone's outdoor seating. But um, when I get off work at 5.30, even if I'm wearing a jacket, I'm colder than a witch's tit out there, and my little body (laughs) can't handle it. And I'm shivering with my beer, like, like trying to, like, you know, tough it out and be hard and drink my beer, but I'm cold as fuck. <laughs> so the brewery, I found out, has little heater patios, and their beer is delicious. So, But I'm out there in my little, my little corner, and I bring my book, and it's great. Um, but I'm, I brought a little Saison. It's called the Saison Breton, B-R-E-T-O-N. Saison Breton. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but it's a Fodor-aged 
Saison Ale. It's not too high in the ABV. It's only about 6.4. But um, yeah, gosh, it is it is delightfully crisp. It has Super that kind crisp. of like savory. I don't want to maybe savory is not the right word. Like a, that salty kind of zestiness. It reminds zestiness. me of a cider. Yeah, it's just, gosh, a Saison is just so clean. I know salty is kind of a weird word for some people, but it has this nice little funk to it. But it's not it's not bready like a, like a, like a lager or, or that kind of thing. You guys drink Pedialyte. You're okay with salt. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, you know what I mean. Like it's just it's really dry. Yeah. Crispy. I'm sure there's specific notes on it. But um, gosh, it's just like a it's just a really solid saison. And Thank you, Megan. Lovely so good. and refreshing. I go in there and they have like a wall of just bottles you can choose from whatever floats your boat either barrel aged or sours they specialize in a lot of sours if you go to brewery Tarot, mm-hmm. which is their sister location which is another fun spot for me to go to but yeah no i was just kind of looking and i know we had just talked about saisons and exactly last week it's like a and re- i was like i bet you don't like saisons do you so she good. showed me wrong yeah and it's yeah. it's solid it's a solid saison right mm-hmm. like it's i agree it's delicious so i went and got like a little a little, um, they had like a dry hopped lager, so I, pour, I got a pour of that. And while I was drinking that, I was like, "Hey, uh, what do you what do you recommend?" And the the nice gentleman there suggested a few things, and I picked on the saison, and I was nice. like, Ooh-hoo-hoo. "Thank you." But yeah, it's it's lovely. I'm just I'm just a fan. And with that, let us return to tonight's episode. Today's episode <laughs> sounds like the Veggie Tales. All right, so this week, we, again, I mentioned this earlier, this is kind of part two to episode two, talking about dating and relationships. So last week, we talked mainly about our types. You know, we have uh, beverage tenders and we have musicians, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to kind of continue on that tangent, and instead of focusing on types, we'll talk about the actual experiences we had with our chosen people um, Megan has a little disclaimer for us. Yes. All right. So here's here's the disclaimer, this y'all. Is the, this is the thing. This is this is important. All right. Disclaimer. <clears throat> this is not an ex or man bashing episode. Men are great, but we as humans are flawed, and these are just our experiences. Also, there's a lot you can learn and grow from a bad situation. It does not excuse bad behavior, of course. Nope. I am the woman I am today, and I'm sure you are as well, Britt, from mm-hmm. all of your experiences, good and bad. Even if they didn't end well or even end nicely, I don't hate any of my exes. Even the the situationship kind of men who have led me on for months or years or any of the rando flings or men who have ghosted me, not mad about them. Don't hate them. Even if I currently hate a person or a human or loathe them for their choices – I don't hate them personally. And I can say at least one positive thing about them. So just keep that in mind. The only person that I will not say anything positive things about will be my rapist. Because fuck that guy. But I digress. Yeah. So um, yeah. So like I said, we're not here to bash. We're not here to talk shit. Um, There will be some some tea. But uh, we're going to try to keep it as, you know, just straight to our experiences. This isn't about, you know so-and-so or whoever. But. And we're kind of just hoping that you could relate to this and no matter what yeah. kind of, even if you are married already or divorced or 
have no intention of ever marrying someone, maybe you can uh, feel nice and that someone felt the same way you did in a certain situation. Or right. you could just laugh at um, us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> these are these are all just our experiences. There's you know good and bad, pros and cons, laughter, hilarity, bad choices, tears. as well as just some tears. Um, but yeah, like like you know I you know I have brothers, I have wonderful man friends. I'm not here to be like men are dumb and stupid and I hate them. No, they're great. All right, I love me some men's. <laughs> um, I'm just experiencing my experiences for what they are. Um, even Hashtag experiencing experiences. Sound good? Cool? Great? Awesome. Let's move on to high Tight. school. All right, cool. Uh, shall I start? Yes. All right, cool. <clears throat> so, high school. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a very conservative home. I'm from Texas. Oh. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, so you get it. Um, uh, I had... One main boyfriend in high school. I, I knew him in junior high. Uh, we started dating, quote unquote, uh, freshman year. Uh, dating is in very big quotes because we basically, what, held hands and... Walked uh, around malls. Yeah, That's what like we did. randomly made out in certain corners and occasionally spooned and like groped over clothes. So but it was, you know, never saw his dick. Like, we, it's fine. <laughs> um, dated briefly until about sophomore year i don't know why we broke up to be perfectly honest reflecting back i think it was because he started dating like a friend of mine mm -hmm. like, a, like, a, like a basically in our social circle kind of thing um so this ended up dating later um i made some older friends my sophomore and junior year since my other best friend at the time started dating an upperclassman which was like a big fucking deal oh yeah um with you know one they're exponentially cooler than like what I was used to. I've always been kind of like an awkward little nerd. So here she comes. She got to go to prom early probably. Yeah. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. I remember, I remember meeting these people and I'm like, oh my God, he like drives a car. Oh. <laughs> he has a job. And it wasn't even like. At the yogurt spot? I wasn't even dating him. Like it was, it was very much like he was the friend of my friend's yeah. boyfriend. He would pick us up after, uh, before school and drive us. I'm like, oh my God, we're like sophomores <laughs> driving with a junior. It's a big deal. I'm an adult now. But yeah, no, just the, especially in high school. I went to high school in early 2000. I graduated in 2007. So mm -hmm. having a car back then was a huge deal. Oh, I bet. And um, there was no like Ubering or whatever. So it was kind of the way you got around. Um, but also it was just like fun, fun hangouts. Um, if you're familiar with the show Freaks and Geeks, it kind of reminded me of that. I remember Love watching it. that show later in life and being like, oh my God. I, I needed this like this 10 years ago. was legitimately my high school existence. I know it was based into like the 80s, mm -hmm. but like that was... It still resonated. Still resonated. Yeah. Absolutely the vibes. Each kind of character reminded me of, of a friend that I went, literally went to high school with. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. We just kind of like hung out and like shot the shit or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it just a great time. But I, I was kind of like single hanging out with, you know, just a bunch of like older kids and whatever. And uh, it, was, it was great. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, oh, fun fact. The guy that used to drive my friend and I to school later reconnected with that said friend, and they're now married. That's so and have cute. a baby. And it's I love cute. high school sweethearts. Um, Jaden and Sam who gave us the oh, wine. Yeah, 
uh, gave me the wine. It's supposed to be for us. Uh, they were high school sweethearts, kind of, and or they met in high school and are now yeah. married. Which is so that's so what happened sweet. to them. They weren't they weren't dating in high school. They were friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were all in the same social group. We hung out for most of our high school, whatever. I think they reconnected later in life in like college years mm-hmm. and then started dating and then got married and then had a little baby and they're great. It's Cute. just lovely. Um, it doesn't happen too often these days. So every time I hear that, I'm like, oh, my heart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was just kind of like you know, spending, you know, time. If you're familiar with Irvine and kind of it being the bubble, there isn't much to do. So you just kind of like hang out with your little friend group or whatever. Um, but it was really great. Uh, senior year sucked because my ex-boyfriend, who was the guy that I dated in like my freshman, sophomore year, because mm-hmm. he was dating my other friend, mm-hmm. uh, I just didn't started hanging out with a different friend group because it was just not fun for me because you... I don't know, like high school, even though we didn't do anything and it wasn't like, you know, a physical-ish relationship, quote unquote, it was still very much a relationship in, you know, high school brain, and I'm, I'm sure you all can relate to, like, even a small little breakup, you, a two-year relationship in high school is a big fucking deal. Yep. I mean, we fucking held hands, and it was still, like, monumental when it broke up, and then, because it was so monumental when he started dating someone else, especially in my friend group, it kind of like shattered my core. Oh, man. And I was just like, oh, you know what? Like, I don't want to hang out with these people anymore. So I hang out with someone else and ended up kind of ditching school. Yeah. I'm not saying this guy made me ditch school. Hardly ever. I was already kind of not in the high school game even before that too mm-hmm. because I switched friend groups after I broke up with him. Just the, the momentum was already there. Yeah. Um, ended up kind of like leaving school and, and getting my, my GD graduation thing early because I just didn't want to be there. Yeah. But it was also because I met an older guy at work. Mm-hmm. And we'll go into that subject next. But yeah, so basically high school was in the beginning to sum it up, kind of like, oh, living in like this little bubble of, oh, I should, I've known these people for so long, I should date them, this and that. Then that not working out and kind of feeling like, oh, shit, like, I don't know, now what do I do? Like, my my existence is different. And then, you know, 17, 18 years old, I got introduced to, like, older men. And then high school just felt immature. Yeah, I, I was can 19, see that. I was like, I'm, I'm done with this I'm immaturity. I'm all of this. Yeah, because you <laughs> right? see, like, your adult friends, like, living their life, too. And you're just oh, like, yeah. oh, why do I need yeah. to be here right now? Yeah. I but could see that. It was... Yeah, a wild, weird time. And, and what was funny, too, is, like, in the times that I was single, quote-unquote, in high school, I was trying to be older mm-hmm. and be more mature and, you know, just smoking cigarettes underneath the bridge and that kind of thing. Yeah. But really, I was like, oh, well, all of my friends were just as young and immature as I was, so we're all just, like, groping over the shirt <laughs> yeah. and, like, not knowing what's going on. Oh, man. And I remember being like, has anyone in our friend group lost their virginity? What's going on? <laughs> Wow. Um, I think there was like one girl that was like, oh, yeah, like we totally did it. We're like, oh, what? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was well, high school was bonkers and really strange. But uh, yeah, no, that that was basically my high school, high school dating. How, how, was, how was your high school dating? Mine. So it kind of had a rough start considering that I moved schools. I moved high schools in the middle of ninth grade. Um, so I think at the beginning of ninth grade, people kind of established who their cliques are, who their friends are. And, uh, I missed all of that. So when I 
got to this new school in the middle of ninth grade. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any friends. My lunch periods I spent walking the hallways or I would like literally go sit in the bathroom because I my counselor tried to force me on a table of people and it was the worst thing I've ever experienced oh in my, my entire life. Why? I Yeah, they thought it was a good idea. What? But as someone who had so much like trauma and social anxiety that counselor should be fucking fired it was a terrible idea and i know yeah i know she meant well um sorry i accidentally pierced <laughs> my mic i was so outraged was, excuse me <laughs> what my beer <laughs> yeah so that didn't turn out so well so i remained pretty quiet i there was a boy who thought i was cute and he like kind of slid into my life for two weeks but then he realized how awkward i was and immediately broke up with me um but it's okay it's fine i like eventually made friends in 11th grade uh because of first boyfriend so my sister was popular in high school uh she was in cross country she was very talkative everyone knew her i was audra's sister which is funny because i'm two years older than my sister but i was known as the sister even though i was in 11th grade and she was in ninth grade and there was a boy who had hit on audra and audra immediately turned him away he realized about my existence and he was like Brittany's got to be cool, I guess. And so he immediately slid into my phone after Mm. being ignored by my sister. I didn't care because I was like, human contact from a boy? I hadn't like, I had crushes, I guess, but I never talked to anyone. And so having a relatively attractive person talk to me was kind of exciting. And they thought I was funny and smart. And I was like, this is all I could never dream of. So we started dating. Little did I know that this boyfriend was actually kind of a creep. Um, he was, uh, deaf from the age of, I guess we were like 16 at the time. I mean, no, it wasn't creepy. He was a boy. He was a boy. He was obsessed with the internet, video games, and watching porn. Um, so he was free of sharing his, uh, thoughts about like sexuality with me. And so I was kind of forced into like an asexual awakening. He's like, this is what I want to do to you. This is like, you should text me this back. He was like, you should send me these type of pictures. And I was immediately like, thrown into this overtly sexual world. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was very terrifying again, but I also liked the attention. I didn't mind it. I thought I was like attracted. I had confidence at the time. Until I started saying no to things, um, and then he would make me feel bad, in which I like started losing confidence, I guess. Funny story how that ended is that because of all these explicit text messages and pictures that were sent and illegal, um, one day, I was very protective of my phone, and my mom noticed it, and so she took my phone while I was napping one day, and I woke up from my nap, and my phone was gone, and my mom was horrified at what she found. Uh, and so she's like... I'm taking your phone. You don't have a phone. This is going straight to your father. So what did I do? I hopped onto my PSP, went onto Reddit, <laughs> messaged my boyfriend saying, you should be scared. My parents found out they're insane. Um, I'm breaking up with you immediately. As of now, this is my resignation. Oh my God. Uh, and uh, please don't answer any phone calls from my father. You broke up with a guy on Reddit. Oh, I'm a PSP. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It's so good, but I'm also so, very sad. I'm so I'm sad horrified in that that's moment. Horrifying. Yeah, and I'm so sorry that happened. Oh, it's okay. But I also fucking it's so it's fucking yes, funny. Yes, you broke up with a man. It's fucking funny. And so, and then later that night, I took same said PSP, found a 
like messaging website where I was able to text my phone from my PSP, listen for the buzzing, and I found where my mom had hid uh, my cell phone in a shoebox in her closet while she was sleeping. And I immediately deleted all the evidence. So yes, my father could hear about all of the terrible things I did, but at least he can't freaking read it. I would have died. And then he made me cry a lot. And he's like, I made mistakes as a kid. Don't you make these mistakes. But whatever. Because a year later, my senior year of high school, I did meet a boy who uh, I was like in line to audition for our talent show because even though I was so shy, I love singing in front of people and I love public speaking for some reason. So I was like, I'm going to go apply for the talent show. It was like a weekly. It was called the um, Coffee House series where you would just play or sing or do poetry in front of the entire high school who choose to attend. Yeah. And so there was uh, my guitar was out of tune. And uh, my sister saw a boy tuning uh, her guitar. My sister has unintentionally hooked me up with two of my long-term relationships, and it's really funny. Um, She saw a boy (laughs) tuning his guitar, and she was like, hey, you know how to tune a guitar? Tune my sister's guitar. And he tuned it for me by ear because he was cool. And immediately, (laughs) my my musician-loving heart was like, who's this boy? I mean, he wasn't, like, conventionally attractive, but I'd heard about him. And I knew he was really smart and talented. And so I was just immediately like, who are you? Um, and so then I ended up dating him. And honestly, that was a great relationship. Uh, he taught me how to explore my own creativity. He gave me a, a playlist of music that affected the music I listen to today. And I definitely give him a lot of credit to what my my talent is with playing guitar and also um, my writing and what I listen to currently because of him. I probably could have ended up there on my own, but he definitely was really helpful with that. We would always have like really cool philosophical and like intellectual conversations. He like engaged my mind constantly. Um, so yeah, and we watched great films together. He like went to school for film. Uh, we went to Peru together. Uh, it was awesome. But ultimately, like, I <laughs> I cut my hair in a way he didn't like. And then <laughs> um, I feel like that was the beginning of it all. And then, like, he started dealing with depression um, and then ultimately alcoholism. And I started dealing with the stress of, like, my boyfriend is changing a lot and he's meeting a lot of, like, cool film people and I can't keep up. And so I started being self-deprecating. But he was mad because you cut your hair. No, I th- no, I think it's just, like, As I... As a woman I remember- with short hair, <laughs> I feel this in my 30s. I just I understand. remember the, the looks and towards I'm, me changed after I am, that. I am it's pissed so for you. I am pissed for... Yeah, it definitely, it definitely is, like, more of a thing that he was dealing with because, uh, yeah, it was sad, but um, he... Oh, yeah, I could go on my soapbox for a fucking hour about how frustrating it is. I cut my hair just because I'm fucking lazy and <laughs> I'm tired of wearing Same. it in fun. I wear I, a hairnet at work, When I y'all. cut my hair, Emma Watson had cut, just cut her yeah, hair, and I, I thought just, it was so freaking cute, so I'm like, I'm going to do it, too. I never when we're talking felt, about cutting hair, by the way, we're talking about, like, pixie cuts. Yeah, no, just yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely almost, it's almost a bob now. But when I cut my hair in a pixie cut, I was like, I feel so fucking cute for some reason some boys don't think it's cute anymore so whatever i don't care anymore yeah no it just but what baffled me is the amount of male attention just kind of shifted (laughs) when they were like oh i can't talk to you now i'm like why not like well you're cute but 
you're not cute. I'm like, it's so stupid. stupid. Oh, Whatever. Back, back to your story. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's almost, uh, yeah, it's almost over. So essentially, or at least for the high school years, it kind of, this kind of bleeds into college, which I'll hand over to you next. But uh, yeah, he ended up, I actually had broken up with him first and then I walked straight back to his apartment three hours later crying saying I'm so sorry I don't know why I did that you're my best friend uh we are gonna be together I'm sorry and he's like okay whatever <laughs> and then three months late after that he actually ended up breaking up with me out of the blue showed up to my apartment asked me to come outside broke up with me and left me crying on the sidewalk um but yeah he still is one of my best friends and I still love him as a friend but yeah, he was my high school, my college uh, relationship. Like I, there was no, I mean, we're going to kind of talk about some more college relationships mm-hmm. here, um, which I have a little sprinkling of, but I'd love to hear more about like what your college or early 20s years kind of look like for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, before I get into that, you actually reminded me of kind of like a side note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> May I call it a tangent? A tangent. Um, what? But um, we we're talking about kind of like a introduction into like a sexual situation I was yeah. thinking about there was brief moments in my single dumb during high school and we're all in the same boat in high school mm-hmm. uh when you're kind of figuring out your bits and mm-hmm. um just sexual things in general um I was very much a late bloomer and not only was I kind of in a religious background I mean I didn't go into public school until I was in junior high so mm-hmm. I was kind of thrust into like you know puberty at a exponentially fast rate Mm -hmm. and I still even I was always like maybe like a year or two behind and kind of what was going on compared to the public school kids so I remember when I would go on to AIM or AOL instant messenger for you for you Gen Z folk we would go online and we would log into our fucking dial-up internet and go on instant messenger and just chat for hours. You would go home from work, from school, race home, and chat with the same fucking people you would. It's like texting That's for all funny. you young folk. <laughs> but you would go on your computer and you would log in and would just be chatting. And I remember there was a few friends. Never dated these friends. But I was friends with them in high school and junior high. Mm-hmm. And we would just start chatting about stuff. And eventually it would get into like a sexual nature. Mm-hmm. Because now you're teens. Yeah. And it's, you know, 930 at night and you're like zesty and you've already been talking for hours. And then out of nowhere, someone's like, have you ever had an orgasm? And they're like, what's that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, describe it to me. And like, well, it feels like this. And you're just like, <laughs> it was the I'm and I remember there would be certain conversations with certain people that I'm like, wow, this is very sexual. But I'm like, you know, barely 16 and just You still like, want to be cool. Just like sweating, just yeah. like having these conversations. I'm not dating these people. I barely said yeah. hello to them in like math class. But we're just like, oh, oh and then That's what? so funny. But in the chat room, yeah. it's a different world. And I remember world. like it was kind of like a weird flirting thing too. <laughs> like if you ended up talking with someone you liked and being like, oh, like have you ever kissed someone? Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. What did it feel it like? It means something. So, like, and then you would, you would, uh, you can't screenshot them because it's, you know, you know, the 2000s. So you would print out <gasps> copies of these conversations. Oh, my gosh. And then share them with your girlfriends. Like, oh, my God, this is so-and-so and I were talking about That's butt. so <laughs> funny, like, printing out your conversations. I wish I still kept them. <laughs> I had so cute. I had little, like, slam oh, books and little, cute. like, junior high journals that I would keep with some of my, like, 
little lady friends. Yeah. We would like talk about boys and pass notes. Oh, we gave them and, all nicknames. Yeah, and like printed out like conversations that we had had with these people. And mm-hmm. it was just, I remember some conversations was very like, you know, very innocent. Like, oh, like have you ever kissed anyone? And then there were some conversations that got so sexual. Like, I was thinking back later on them, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I Why? literally... Why? I was too young. Like, basically trying to figure out how to masturbate, but, like, you don't know what you're doing, no. so you're just, like, talking. And then these boys are just pervy boys. It's like, oh, yeah, like, tell me what you do. And I'm like, well, like, <laughs> Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, would, I remember with the, with the creepy Reddit boyfriend, I would uh, actually copy and paste paragraphs the other woman had written on the internet and then I would just like cut them a little bit so it wasn't oh yeah like exactly copy pasta but it's like someone did all the work for me because it gave me so much anxiety oh yeah what do I do I've never done anything ever it was just it was a way to like you kind of like find things that are sexy but you don't mean them to be sexy Started watching a lot of like different movies. I'm not saying I was watching porn. I was, I was telling my boyfriend like, like I just got out of the shower. He's like, ooh. I'm like, no. Yeah. I just got out of the shower. But like also like <laughs> rated R movies hit differently as a teen, where you're kind of like, oh, this is my first interaction to like a sexual encounter. Like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> I'm watching this movie. There's boobs. Uh, we had to cover our eyes. Oh man. And in, um, in my parents' presence, at least. Oh man. Oh, which is preferred. Uh, it, this is still a thing now, I'm sure, with the young folk. But if you watch, like, not watch, if you read uh, fan fiction. I've dabbled. Okay, so back when, okay, so I graduated in high school in 2007. So Harry Potter fan fiction no! was, was <laughs> the prime, like, lady porn. I'm glad I missed that situation. Phase. I'm okay. You, you're not down for the fan fiction? I, like, I did, like, fan fiction, I guess, for, like, some animes I watched in middle school and high school, but I don't know. I think I just felt too far. The only fan fiction I did was that I was, I drew a lot because I didn't really talk to people, so I would doodle, and I would definitely doodle myself hanging out with my, like, my favorite anime characters. There's this one doodle of me hanging under a tree with Inuyasha, like, cuddling, (laughs) That's as fanfic as yes. it Yes. But yeah, no. Um, there was fan fictions that would be, you'd be like, oh, Harry Potter. And then he's like, meets up with Hermione. And you're like, oh my God, it's <gasps> so scandalous. It's Her- happening. Her- Hermione is actually supposed to be with Ron. Why is it so wrong? But it's so right. And then also like, because. Wait, do you say it's so Ron? It's so right? It's so wrong. It's so right. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> Um, but then, like, you know, it was also kind of an introduction for a lot of, like, queer folk to be, because they would do fan fictions of being like, this is Ron and they're, and and Harry, but they're together and they're having a relationship. And it was like, oh, my God. This or Draco and Harry. Okay. No, no, no. So the, my favorites, and this is just a key into my my own fucked psyche, but I loved the Draco and Hermione stories. Ooh. Where it was like, oh, you're a bad boy. Mm. And I'm the good girl. <laughs> the go good have, studious girl. Have sex with me in the library. Mm. <laughs> uh, but it was, it, you know, it ranged from it being very like Twilight kind of sexual encounter where it's like, we looked 
aggressively, oh, breathing heavy. And then there was ones that were graphic, mm. like describing dicks and stuff. And oh, you're my just God. Like, oh. And just when you're 17 and you can't watch porn because your parents are conservative. A book looks a lot better. But also like... Or a blog. Also, back in the day, there was not porn to look about. Three in the morning, Oxygen Network, softcore porn was was kind of the jam in high school. I mean, college, it got a little bit more easy access to, you know. So college. Pornhub and stuff. So yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about college while we're at it. <clears throat> so um, I kind of got into the college age kind of thing early. Um, I started working at like 17 or 18 years old, around 40 hours a week. So I was already being overworked as a teen and kind of was over high school in general. Uh, because I was working so often, and then that's where I met my my first ever long-term boyfriend. And when I mean older, I mean like I was probably 17 when I met him, 18 when we started dating, dating. And he was probably, what, 24, 25? Mm-hmm. So a, a decent amount older. Um, lost my virginity to him. He was the first dick I ever saw. And uh, I mean, you know. As, as a young woman, there's always that moment where you're kind of like, oh, that's what it looks like. Jeez. Uh, oh, thank you, madam. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, gosh, it was huge and scary and terrifying. Um, very, very, like, older, mature man. Very, very smart. Um, always kind of enjoyed smarter men, but he was kind of like a jerk. Kind of, a, kind of an asshole. Damn. Um, and we get very angry and frustrated easily. Um, but he was, I don't know if it was just like his culture or whatever, but he was just very affectionate and very sexual. Mm -hmm. So me being like a young, fresh, horny teen, I was all about it and very quickly became obsessed with this man. You said he's like seven years older, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, and, but I'm also, but here's the thing is that the age difference is fine. It's the fact that I was so young when I Mm, met him first. Of course. So like I'm. Age is nothing but a number, but I'm a firm believer into where you are in your stage in life. You're still developing for sure. You are still developing. I was a fucking 17, 18-year-old baby. So to have that kind of person that was already kind of on a different plane than I was, I basically I spent the whole relationship kind of trying to play catch up and be – as you know mature quote unquote and he's not mature he's what 24 Mm -hmm. barely 25 like Mm -hmm. he wasn't as adult as I would view him now but I am also an adult but um thinking back kind of preparing for this episode I really was just thinking that I just kind of tried to act older and more mature than I was and I was Mm -hmm. gosh what 18 19 continuing and dating like I just was trying to be I was trying to be one of the cool kids so I started smoking and um, at mm-hmm. the time, I was living with my dad, um, but because of our weird, skewed relationship, he was never home. He always was either working, um, he would work late hours and not be home, or he would be with his girlfriend, because my parents were split up by yeah. then. So I basically had a two-bedroom apartment to myself wow. in Costa Mesa. Dangerous. As an 18-year-old. Super dangerous. Dating older people. And I was just... Epitome of danger. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to college at the time. I basically was working and then come home and, like, we would just, like... Have time to kill. Like, smoke hookah and, like, drink and just... It was just, you know, it was was all right. It was not a good time. Um, 
but yeah, no, honestly, like I stayed at his house a lot of the times too. Uh, I was, I kind of was obsessed with him mm-hmm. because I was so young and was like, this is it. This is my person, whatever. And I kind of ignored kind of his, his rudeness, his negativity, his kind of just not good behavior. Well, if you're in love with someone too, like yeah. you almost overlook everything. Like he never hurt me or anything. Mm-hmm. It was very much like, I didn't realize how much control he had on me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just thought that's just how it would be. But I yeah. just, I did everything to try to make it all work out. Um, but oddly enough, after three years of dating this man, uh, I, uh, I I cheated on him. Don't know why I did it to this day. Uh, I basically I got reconnected with an old high school friend. Mm-hmm. And we went out to hang out with movies, like with friends or whatever. My boyfriend was working at the time. So we went out in like a group. And then after the group hangout was over, this guy and I were like hanging out and then he kissed me and then I was like, don't do that. Like I have a boyfriend. He's like, I don't care. And then we just started like making out and then I ended up like hooking up with him at his house and I was like, oh shit. I did it. No idea what happened. Yeah. There was no alcohol involved or anything. It was just like just a random lustful moment. Yeah. And I remember calling my boyfriend the next day, like instant regret, cried, all this shit. I mean, he dumped me on on site. Of course, who wouldn't? Like, yeah, that's trash. It's a dumb move. And like, I remember me telling him, and it was just whole dramatic thing. And he like crying in the street, and he ran off. And then I'm like in the street, like crying. Oh, I <laughs> um, and then like a few weeks later, we we started dating again. We got back together. Um, I was really determined to make it work because I felt guilty. Yeah. Um, you, you're the one who messed it up and like whatever. i was just, yeah i was like oh my god but like here's the thing is i messed it up because i was when i when i when i cheated on him i was 20 years old yeah petulant like you still child things to you still have relationships to explore i am oh, a yeah. high i am a proponent for making sure you figure out what you want <laughs> yeah that nice crispy boy um figure out what you want by experiencing just more I know that you might feel like you found your soulmate in high school. Trust me, been there, done that. But uh, like, I'll talk about it more later about my exploratory period. I'm kind of grateful for it. I'm not saying that I probably took as much time as I needed, but I think it's needed regardless. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is I never want to defend my cheating behavior. It's bullshit. It's not okay. I never cheated since. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing that I can really think of the reason why is... Cheating is just a coward's way out. I was 20 years old. Yeah. And if I got easily manipulated by some idiot, yeah, then I obviously was not in it to win it. And yeah. who's in it to win it when they're literally barely 20 years old? But um, so going back to it, so we got back together. This is the one thing that actually kind of was the learning experience that I got out of it because we got back together and the – the previous instance that had happened was cheating. Um, this is when actually the the manipulated behavior of his kind of started coming out of the woodwork that I kind of just ignored at first, or maybe it was just kind of dimmed. But um, he basically started to constantly guilt trip me and mm. make me feel guilty and would question everything that I did, where I was going, who I was talking to, 
And then, you know, anytime he was mad at me, it wasn't just a, I'm mad at you. It was like he would just go for the jugular and just call me names and make me just feel like garbage. And, you know, obviously, like, cheating is never a good answer. It's whatever you want to make it to be excuse-wise. There's no excuse. Um, but any kind of manipulative behavior mm-hmm. is not okay. So for me, it just, it, it wouldn't have worked out. Like, it should have just ended and been done. But because it, we tried to make it work, but instead of growing past the cheating and being like, I'm sorry, I forgive you, move on. He decided to hold it against me and literally be like, you can't do this because you owe me and would just lord it over me. And I just, I was a young baby. I didn't know. And I just did everything for him. Mm -hmm. Like emotionally, physically, like things that I was not comfortable with. Like he was just like, yeah, you owe me. I deserve this. And I was just like, okay, well, and that's what you're allowed to be. Yeah. You're allowed to be uncomfortable and say no, but I just, because I felt so guilty, I, I, I honestly just was afraid to say no. Eventually it didn't work out. Um, but yeah, I still felt guilt for it. Never cheated on a man since cheating is never the answer. Mm Um, I agree. But uh, gosh, yeah, it was, it's one of those things that's just ugh, good grief. So I kind of missed out on the exploratory period I was kind of talking to you about. So I had six months before I graduated, and I kind of used that as uh, a way to get all of my exploration out. I immediately started like trying to date people after that breakup. Well, to be fair... Right after the breakup, I tried to seem a little harder than I was. Like, I immediately was like, okay, am I not cool enough for my film boyfriend? All right, I'm going to start smoking cigarettes. I got a cool haircut. I look like the lead singer of Fantagram. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I got a side piece tattoo. Y'all got to look up that that photo of that. that cig- oh. oh, yeah. She had a sick bob. I had a sick bob with bangs. Like, I, I pulled it off, I think. Uh, I got really fit. I love a bob. <laughs> Nothing like a, a breakup to really inspire you to look hot. Um, Bro, welcome, welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah, I got, like, another piercing. I was just like, I'm going to do all the things that this boyfriend said. Like, I would be too uh timid to do because my parents were so strict and so i just did it and i was just like fuck you i'm gonna live my life uh i like start going to all the parties because you should just hang out with him and be by his side and i was very surprised that his friends still talked to me after we broke up i was like what you like me too awesome and uh it was at one of these parties that i met my next boyfriend who was a bassist and he was cute and smelled like lemongrass tea and i wrote poems about him uh oh <laughs> yeah and so i liked him immediately uh we started doing all the adventures together and then i started freaking out a little bit because i realized i was kind of doing the same thing as the four-year relationship, I, like, immediately started, like, holding hands in the same way, kissing the same way, and I felt like I knew in my brain I was replacing my boyfriend with a basically a different version of him mm. uh, who was less motivated. <laughs> so my boyfriend was really a hard worker, and then I dated someone who's just like him, except in, instead of Hispanic, he was white, and he was unmotivated to the, the core. Um, eventually, I realized this was my rebound. I started becoming very 
um, anxious about that. And then into my life strolled this man who made me a mixtape. And I told you the way to my heart is either play music or to like bank me a playlist, write me a song, whatever. So he, he made me a tape and I, of course, immediately fell in love with him. I, I, I still have a mixtape from I a guy. I love right mixtapes. Oh, yeah. This this boy put like a freaking dollar in my sunglasses uh, case holder, whatever, and it's still there to this day. Uh, just because I can't throw I it need away. to show you the mixtape. It ah! goes into my college in mid-20s. I don't know if I go over it too much in mm-hmm. my, my outline that you saw, but um, maybe I'll go over it briefly when we get to that point. But I still have this mixtape and... Uh, he also used to DJ and then would put different movie quotes from my favorite movies. So, yeah, you told me about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still have it. So cute. Uh, well, but uh, I'll go into that later. All right, sure. Yeah, so mixtape <laughs> boy stole my heart. So <laughs> I invited, like an idiot, like an idiot, I invited a current boyfriend, Lemongrassy boyfriend and mixtape boy to the same hangout sat there took it all in like which person do i enjoy oh, better sweet lemongrass <laughs> sweet lemongrass and so um i realized in the moment i like mixtape boy so much more and so i was about yeah. to leave for hawaii i was about to leave for hawaii and uh i was like okay i'm gonna go home and my boyfriend reasonably so was like stay over like this is your last name before you leave and i was like i'm good and he's like what he's like please and i'm like no, I'm okay. I'm going to go home. He's like, can I walk you home? This is like three in the morning and I live pretty far. Um, but I walked cause it's, it's like city. I don't mind walking. I was used to it. He's out. And I was like, you know what? Fine. It'd be safe. I'm like, yes, you can walk me home. <laughs> and <laughs> we've been drinking. And so what Brittany decides to do is to tell lemongrass boy, uh, all every reason except for the mixtape boy, uh, why I'm leaving him. And that I will probably, I can't date him anymore. And he is broken hearted. He, he's confused. It came out of the blue and I was a bitch and, uh, I hate myself for it. And I immediately, I like, I stayed up for like an hour thinking about what I did. It's now 5am. I text mixtape boy saying, can you go with me to breakfast he, before I leave for Hawaii? Mixtape boy says yes. And I essentially am like, I like you a lot. I broke up with my boyfriend last night because I can't handle how much I like you. And he was just like, he his jaw dropped and he's like, I like you too. And we're like, oh, yay. We blasted yeah. like cheesy 80s love songs on our way back to my house, celebrating our love story success. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> She comes back and guess what? Uh, Mixty boy fell in love with another girl named Brittany and is no longer around. He hangs out with me for one day. is weird. How and long then, were you in Hawaii? Only for like a week and a half. Okay. Jesus. So, no, I, came, I came back and I was like ready to like be in love and to date him. And he came over for like a good few days. And uh, then he told me that his coworker liked him. I'm like, okay, cool. That's weird. Why are you telling me this? And then eventually he was like, yeah, I used to have a crush on her. And then go in me so i knew that he went after said co-worker and i um i think i might have mentioned this last episode i've written every song about this one boy because he broke my heart so quickly 
because I had fallen in love with him so quickly, but it's okay. I jumped from that relationship going immediately onto Tinder because I'm like, I need to fulfill, again, I would always fill my void with boys. And so I hopped into Tinder and I actually met the sweetest man in the entire world. Our first date was at a trivia night at a brewery. And he was so smart, so dorky, taught me how to rollerblade. And so when he told me he was moving to Dallas, I kind of took it as a relief and I said bye-bye to him. But of course, did Brittany stop? No way. She started seeing random musicians in town. And eventually I started dating my coworker again who was in coffee. Uh, He was older than me by a good, I think, 11 years, I think. Yeah, but he was really funny. He was a talented singer-songwriter, but um, then I realized I was broke, (laughs) and uh, I needed to uh, either move in with my Houston family, which Houston is a boring Texas city, in my opinion. I know some people love it. I hated it. Or I can move to California and live with my grandma. And so I was like, you know what? Yeah. Time to get close to grandma. Yeah. <laughs> so I flew flew off there. I stayed in a relationship with this guy. Um, but then once I realized I was in California, I still had that need to like go out and see people, meet people. I eventually flew back to Austin to break up with him because I couldn't do over text or phone. Uh, saw him in person, broke up with him. Uh, funny enough, it was like, I broke up with him like from the get-go and so we still had a few days to hang out together but I I've had like I've been on even though like these stories sound like they've had bad endings I've stayed friends with everyone um you're lucky (laughs) yeah yeah no like no one ever really hurt me if anything I was a bitch to them uh but which is weird because I never thought that until I (laughs) reflect on it now um but uh, I still had a couple days to hang out with Austin boyfriend I remember we got out of a movie and I got a message from a California boy I just met. And hey. I was like, hey, check it out. My friend was posted on uh, this like music Instagram and he's like doing really well. Isn't that so cool? He's like, yeah, fuck that guy. You probably left him. Oh, you probably left me so you could go be with him. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> asshole and so we're flying and then uh now this boyfriend's probably like fuck you bitch because now we're engaged and have a child together <laughs> hey so that message works so uh yeah i met i met my current fiance when i was 20 i think i was 22 i'm the i think after 21 all the years meld together as you're 22 or 23 when i met my fiance i'm 25 now so that makes sense yeah i think 22 sounds about right yeah so i was pretty young i was pretty young whenever i jumped uh actually i'm gonna see that story i'm gonna see the story for we're gonna talk about later in life and let's just say when i had a child i jumped 10 years seven years <laughs> to I mean, that, us, that, that clocks <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll put it at an even playing field then but let's hear about uh your later um er, earlier 20s i guess post-college yeah so um so we're, we're going to just call this like college mid-20s onward. Um, obviously, as you all know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than Brittany. So these, these timelines Seven years are, luckier. These, yeah, seven years luckier. <laughs> um, so the, the timelines of us explaining our relationships are kind of off ever so, ever so slightly. Okay. Um, but I'm going to try to like, I'm not really the best with years, but I will at least kind of pinpoint my age points into the timeline trying to keep all this accurate but mm-hmm. uh, but I digress <clears throat> so 
I met my my last official boyfriend um, at work. It's easy. I worked at a coffee shop. I was 20 years old. Um, I started working at the job. I was a little baby barista. He was a shift lead. Um, I was just freshly three months single from my last relationship, rekindling that one guy that like I had cheated on and then mm-hmm. we tried to make it work yeah. for a few months. Didn't really work out because he was, you know, lording over me and just being kind of manipulative and not cool. So I was just not down and I'm like 20 and I'm like, I don't need this. Meh. So I was like, I'm going to be single. Yeah, I lasted about three months single until this one guy that I, like, worked with. We started hanging out. It happens, yeah. And um, he's like, I really like you. And I, this was one of the first times, like, someone actually, like, pursued me, pursued me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he was older than me, again, as, as part of the, you know, the trend. Wash, I was 20. I don't know how much older he was than me. Shoot, I'm blanking. Uh, I want to say he was at least six years older than me. That sounds about right. So he's 20, I'm 20, he's 26, or 25, oh, he's, he's older than me. <laughs> he's older than me about a big, big jump. Um, so I only started working at this coffee shop for about six months or so, and he asked me out. Um, we officially came out as dating a few months later to coworkers at a Halloween party. Uh, the coffee shop that we worked at was pretty close-knit friend group-wise, so we only kept it secret for a few months, and then we kind of just... Uh, we are dating, ha 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 ha. We have to tell our bosses now, and like, yeah, you know, there's protocol. Oh like, my you can't gosh. work with, you know, especially as him being like a senior leadership person. So we ended up working opposite shifts because of it. But anyway, but yeah, we 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 came out to our coworkers at a Halloween party. We dressed as like a couple's costume Ghostbusters. <laughs> I had a little proton pack, and it was very cute. Cute. And, and he dressed in a little lab coat and was Egon Spangler. It was very cute. Um, yeah, so we did for five years. Wow. And all Long in all, um, I thought about this. Uh, all in all, it was a really nice relationship. Yeah. Um, obviously, like the best and the most healthiest parts are in the beginning of the years, from what I can recall. Uh, we moved in together pretty quickly, three months into our relationship. And thinking back into that, I'm like, oh, my God, that is fast. That's really fast. It's really fast. I am 20 at the time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling my wow. mother. I'm like, moving in. I'm moving in with my older boyfriend. We've only been dating for three months, but it's okay because he loves me and he's going to marry me. We're in love, And mom. I remember my mom like staring at me and being like, what? What do you, what do you mean he's going to marry you? And I'm like, yeah, no, like this is it. This is, this is it. He's going to marry me. Soulmates. He's, he's my soulmate. We're going to get married. He, he told my, he told my mother to her face that he was going to marry me. Wow. Like verbatim, like, I love this woman. I'm going to marry her. And my mom's like, oh my God. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, I met his family later. We mm-hmm. would always like, you know, hang out and go to the beach and, you know, museums and just, I have really great memories with this man. He... He developed my taste in music as well as my beverages of choice. I drink whiskey because of this man. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am the the sarcastic wench that I am because of him. Like he just he developed a lot of things and 
I don't know. Like, I don't want to say he made me entirely who I am, but like there are He's influential, for there's sure. There's definite little things that I'm like, oh my God. Like, I sound, oh, yeah. I sound like my ex when I say that. I think long-term <laughs> relationships do that to you because they're literally your best friend. Oh, you share yeah. all the experiences and you grow together. And it was five years. Five apart. years of my 20s, which are like literally when you're forming your brain. Oh, uh, yeah. Is, is your early 20s. So he influenced me a lot. Um he was a great cook and he we would always do like cooking stuff together and we would host barbecues. We were really close knit with all of our coworkers. We would like, have people over and we were like the hangout. We're one of the hangout spots and I loved that. We lived in this tiny ass apartment studio in Santa Ana, in downtown Santa Ana. So before it now it's kind of a little bit more gentrified, but back then it was a little bit more ghetto. We like literally paid eight seventy five for this studio apartment in downtown Santa We could walk to Lola Gaspar, and I remember for my twenty first birthday, we all just got fucking hammered and hanging out with friends and did body shot off the bartender and <laughs> still friends with that bartender by the way. Like it's just wild and crazy times in early twenty what twenty thirteen. I don't know how old I am now at this point, but um, basically like it was a it was a great it was a grand old time. Um, you know, he, it was one of those relationships though, where it wasn't always great. He never hit me, um, or anything, but he was just kind of an asshole. And I didn't realize it later in life, but he was incredibly emotionally abusive. I was very young and very insecure, um, especially over like past relationship shit I think he kind of knew that and because he was a very smart man, he kind of drew on my insecurities and would kind of, I don't want to say intentionally manipulate my feelings, but he, he would manipulate my feelings to get what he wanted. And, and then because I was constantly a people pleaser in all of my relationships, basically I when I became into a relationship, I was like, very subservient like whatever you want whatever you want I'm it's fine I get whatever you want to eat wherever you want to go it just very just submissive in in all ways and shapes or forms because my relationship was my life like I did not exist without him I didn't go anywhere without him I didn't do anything without him I didn't hang out with friends without him it was mm-hmm. very much like this was my life and um after five years he broke up with me one day. He, to my face, told me he didn't love me and that he hadn't loved me for two years. Two years. So basically, um, he was with me to have a place to stay and a person to sleep with. And it crushed me because I had just talked to him because one of my cousins had just gotten engaged. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. They got engaged. Like, I would love to, you know, get married and be so nice. And I never pressured him the whole five years that we were together, but like he knew that was important to me. And after five years, okay, what are you waiting for at this point? Mm -hmm. And um, he had just turned 30. I was 25 and he was 30 at the time. And uh, it was very much like I think he took that comment as like a, oh, I got to get out kind of thing and just broke up with me and he did it in the most cruel way ever basically to my face saying I I don't love you and I haven't loved you for years and it just destroyed me I'd been lied to for years 
So that means for three out of five of those years, I'd been lied to and just mm-hmm. basically used for a piece of meat and for rent, really. Um, and it just, it crushed my soul. He was my everything. I later found out as another layer of frustration and grossness, he had been texting a barely 18-year-old for weeks. For weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he actually physically cheated on me, but it was definitely emotionally cheated on me. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually messaged me and was like, hey, I know you like just broke up with your boyfriend or whatever, but like here are the text messages. He's been messaging me. Like it's friendly on the borderline creepy though. And I just want yeah, to Yeah, having you know. an 18 year old text you that too is like almost disgusting. Oh yeah, I she basically reached out and was like, I'm creeped out. He hasn't sent me a dick pic or anything, but I'm a little, I'm a little creeped out. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so angry because I was still moving out my shit. Yeah. And I found that out. <laughs> Not to defend him, but he was definitely probably having also a crisis of like when you turn 30 as well, you probably start feeling like old. Oh. He, and so he's trying to grasp at some sort of youth probably. He had a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. And in, in that midlife crisis, decided to break up with me. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, fine, tight. Have your midlife Peace. crisis. But like, what? Why would you just drag someone through the mud like that? So anyway, so he's going through a midlife crisis and breaking up with me and messaging an 18-year-old. I'm like, God, this person's gross. Um, on with that, he, um, when, I, when I found out he was messaging an 18-year-old, uh, I, I ran out and uh, pushed over a lot of his plants. <laughs> he was a... <laughs> He was a big gardener. <laughs> he had a little garden in the back of our little backyard because we, we lived in a little converted house that had a bunch of studios. And we had a little plot of land that we had asked the landlord if we could like plant some stuff. And we had like, you know, tomatoes and sunflowers and shit. Um, but he also had a bunch of different carnivorous plants. And uh, he had a little greenhouse set up. He was very proud of these little, these little plants. And they're very beautiful. Um, but he loved those fucking plants. And I was so pissed. And I was like, fucking, not only are you dumping me, but you're now messaging an 18-year-old. Fuck you, dude. I haven't even moved out my shit yet. I'm destroying your plants. So I went out there, pushed over like three of his trailers. Good. Good. It's like if you were growing your relationship with him in your own like heart and brain, it's like, well, if you weren't doing that, I'll push over the things you were loving and like, growing with. Like, fuck your Fuck your, fuck your plants. Fuck your plants. <laughs> It's like that Dave Chappelle where he's like just mushing his feet on the dirty couch or touching his dirty feet on the couch. I'm like, eat fuck, dirt. Fuck your place, man. Um, but yeah, so I was upset over that. Mm-hmm. And then another shitty thing he did um, whilst moving out and discovering he's flirting with 18 year olds and also, you know, me pushing over his plants. Mm-hmm. Um, I came back one day when I was still moving out of his stuff. We've been broken up for like three days barely three days Mm -hmm. and I literally am going to like pick up a load of crap to go take to my mom's and there's a note on the floor like a typed a typed note he didn't even write it with his hands he typed it on the computer printed it out and it says I have the cat (laughs) that's weird he took my cat um we had two cats and one I had brought into the relationship and then the second one we found in our backyard as a baby Bottle fed it, raised it as our own. That cat was my fucking child. I would stay up at 3 a.m. bottle feeding this child like an infant. <laughs> and this this cat was my everything. I yeah. named him or her, excuse me. We thought it was a boy at first. 
and we named Pippin. Oh, cute. Peregrine took. And then we found out it was a girl. And I'm like, I don't care. It's, it's the name is Pippin still. So sweet Pips. Um, my sweet baby girl. I love you. I miss you. Uh, she got stolen from me. Damn. In the, in the, in the, the depths of the evening, the night. The night. And uh, he took my cat and he said in the note that basically like this is my cat or this was his cat and uh, he the cat loved him more and uh, he deserved the cat and I would just take the other one. And I'm like, uh, no. I already had this cat. No, yeah, this is my cat. This is, Duh, they're idiot. Both, yeah, like, you can't take my old childhood cat and compare it to new baby cat. It's still both my child. And also you broke up with me so I should just get both cats. There's no, this isn't, no, there's no, whatever. He tried to make it be like, oh, we could have like parental visits. And I'm like, no, fuck you. <laughs> this is my cat. I never got that cat back. Um, cat still lives with him. I hope she's doing okay. I love her and I miss her. Sweet baby Pippin. Uh, I did find out later that uh, every woman that comes over, she does not like. So that cat still knows Woo! that I am queen. Yes. So I'm like, thank the God. true mama. Um, but yeah, uh, after after him... My my view of love and affection and relationship kind of spiraled and got screwed mm. up. Yeah. Um, any attention that I got to after that, because he kind of screwed up my view, I like jumped at and ended up in some very poor decisions. Uh, my 25 through 26 was kind of a whirlwind of random, just attention-seeking hookups and bad decisions. Um, some toxic some very scary some things that I don't ever want to relive again and then also things that I'm just like I'm just just, I could have died like very scary but then also just like you know just it's not a it's not hooking up with random people is not my jam yeah it never has been and it only took a year of me and those shenanigans after I broke up with that guy thinking that that's what I wanted in order to just kind of like fill a bandaid and fill a void. Yeah. I understand. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know it was definitely a learning experience going, he worked with me when I was 25 from when like late 25 to 26, late 26, it was just a whirlwind mm-hmm. of bad decisions. Um, but it, it kind of led me into the situation where I'm at now, where from like 26, 27 onward, um, I have now in these last few years have learned how to love myself and I've become nice. fiercely independent, uh, which is amazing. And it's a yeah. big deal because all of my relationships back then, whether they meant to be toxic or not, were incredibly controlling and just not healthy. Um, so all the bad things that came out of that main relationship, I actually needed to become my own person and to be the strong, independent person that I'm in. And I consider myself to be not only strong and independent, but also pretty fucking hilarious. So, um, I don't know if it's just a self-deprecating humor or just whatever, but, um, uh, I am a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. Um, but, uh, the problem is... Uh, where it leads to our next section where it's going to talk about how we're dealing with it today. And this mm-hmm. <laughs> problem is I don't need a man. I just I just want one. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah. Yeah. Yay. That's where I thought Iowa's at. Um, so 
I broke up with Austin boyfriend, older man, and I came back to California. I wasn't intending on dating the guy who messaged me on Instagram. Um, however, uh, in that time in life, also my mom passed away, and I like was going through a very uh, emotional time, and I think I was very sensitive and kind of really accepting of all types of love. Um, and then I started talking to the, the bassist guy, new bassist, by the way, uh, from California, who I met at a bar, and um, we went climbing together. My, Because he was into climbing. I took the initiative of messaging him saying, hey, that looks cool. You guys met at a bar? We met at, uh, yes, we, made it, we met at his brother's dive bar. Okay, because I thought, I thought our mutual friend introduced you guys like yeah. at a at a coffee event. Oh nope we we got met we met at the dive bar. That's he, that I was, is delightful. I was sitting on a bench and I was drunk out of my mind. Actually, kind of there with the person I had been courting. Um, <laughs> courting. Fresh out of my breakup, I was like, I'm gonna jump into this this attractive man that's interested in me. I'm gonna invite him to the dive bar with my friends. And funny enough, I ignored. Uh, I was into him until this beautiful man sat next to me who looked like this badass guy that I realized my friend had been talking to me about. And uh, he sat down next to me. He's like, I just got back from tour. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, <laughs> my head immediately whiplashed <laughs> towards him. The oh. other guy in that moment didn't exist. Oh, my God. I'm going to give your fiance so much shit that he literally flexed the tour card yeah he's you. like i just got back from tour and then he oh, was like Lord. i was like yeah i'm your new coworker because i worked for a different location than he was i was like i work with the same company he's like i'm like i've heard so much about you and he's like i don't know who you are i'm like perfect i'm Brittany. he, he knew enough to flex the tour card. yeah yeah oh for God. sure because then i was like i'm from austin he's like i just can't we just went through austin where did we go his his bandmates were there too everyone was there that night that's the cool thing is that i wasn't there Rude. you might have been no i think i hadn't moved back from california oh shit no you're still in san francisco so you're still in san francisco for here's, sure here's here's a fun little tidbit i don't know if you know but we're just gonna sidetrack real quick <clears throat> so I still was living in the Bay Area at the time and was in processes of moving back into Southern California. Yeah. But my dear friend, who is now your fiance, Mm -hmm. I remember him calling me one day and was like, I met this girl. And I was like, what? Me? Don't tell. I hope it's me. If this isn't about me, I'm going to be sad. Yeah. And I I remember being like, oh, okay. Tell me about it. And like, oh, yeah. Uh, So she works at blankety blank. And I was like, Mm. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I mean, That's as fun. someone who's been in a coworker relationship, I'm like, be careful. I'm not one to proponent dipping your pen in the company ink because knowing our employers, uh, they get very nosy. When I was in my five year relationship, they yeah. were all up in my relationship oh, I bet. biz. Yeah. And they would lord it over me. I would lose uh, promotions because of it. All sorts of fun stuff. And mm-hmm. I think it was because I was a woman. But I digress. Uh, I remember being like, oh, okay, well, you know, if you really like her. The one thing that I was skeptical at first was he told me your age. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So me and my fiance have an age gap of, I think, also seven years. Yeah. He's the, yeah. He's the same age as me. Mm-hmm. He is one year older than me. Or one month older than me. Excuse me. 
and I like to lord it over him that one month. I'm like, hey, hey you're older than me for a month. And then, <laughs> and then I turn the same age and I'm like, fuck. Um, but I remember being concerned because I was like, and She's not young. concerned over just in general, but I remember being like, you crush this young woman's soul. I will murder you. <laughs> I will kill you in your sleep. Because mm-hmm. regardless of me meeting any of these women, um, I am always chicks before dicks, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so my gut reaction was like, you hurt this Be poor nice. child. I will cut you down and got you like a fish. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I need to meet this girl. And I also used to joke, too, that I'm like... The girl isn't going to work out until I approve. And I had yet to approve any it's of It's so funny. As soon folk. as she got back, she, yeah, she invited me out to yep. the bar, the chit-chat. Yeah, because before I had met, like, past dalliances, and I was like, nope, ankle ass. Nope, she's stupid. Nope, she has weird eyebrows. Nope, she's fat. Nope, whatever. And like, <laughs> I was just like, no. She's not nerdy enough. She's not this and that. I'm like, I don't I approve. I have to approve. <laughs> As the this lady really friend funny. in the friend group, I have to approve. And I made like a joke that I'm like, until I approve of it, the juju is not going to align. And therefore, <laughs> it's not going to work out. And the one girl that I approve is my wow. co-host right here. And I was like, yeah, I approve. I want to cry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like to think I'm a nice person. I think he saw that too. Because like. Yeah, no, you're a fucking delight. And I remember you. telling him that at the bar. Because like. Another bar that we went to as a dive bar. Yeah. We were out in the little back, like, smoking patio in the little circle. You know which bar I'm talking about. I know which bar, yeah. So I remember it was one of the times we all hung out together for the Mm -hmm. first time. And it was, like, official that you guys were dating. And you were, like, chatting with someone. And he, like, turned to me and, like, nodded. And I was like, she is so lovely. I love her so much. He's like, I love her. And I'm like, I love her too. Cry, cry, cry. Yeah. Uh, no. It that's was... when I know it was real because he was like, Megan, I love her so much. And I'm like, oh my oh, God, thank that's you. so sweet. So speaking, yeah, speaking of love. Uh, so I. Yeah, go back. Sorry. I had, no, no, I had a tangent because that's delightful. No, yeah. So we met and then I saw he was into climbing. I never tried it before. I wanted to get active. I gained weight from after working at a coffee slash taco slash beer place for so long oh dear god like a, a, a substantial amount of weight and that so that sounds lovely though. oh it was the best it was my favorite job ever um <laughs> but then when i got I here be, i would be so fat it was so. yeah i was so i was i gained 15 pounds at that job because i would drink beer and eat tacos almost every day because it saved me money and oh, it was my delicious life. my life so good um and so then i saw he was in climbing i wanted to get active i joined him but i was too nervous so i invited my sister and of course, what my sister does at the end of the climbing session is like, hey, you're nice. And I'm like, Brittany, can you go get a beer with him? And I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I went out with a beer with him. Uh, keep in mind, I was still dating uh, my Austin boyfriend. Mm. And so, but my sister was like, this guy is nice. Go see him. And so we got a beer. It was very like no moves were made. We were just chit-chatting about life with each other. And uh eventually i we went home i went home he went to his respective place i'm like that was a nice man and he was really cute and then it cemented in my mind more like i need to break up with my boyfriend before i do anything bad so i broke up with boyfriend got back to california immediately wanted to hang out with this guy uh then my mom died and then i thought he would be scared away by my all my emotions but he wasn't he just was like that's really sad are you okay uh, do you want to keep hanging out? Didn't he buy you flowers? He bought me flowers before I he knew. That. Yeah, yeah. He bought me flowers for Valentine's Day. And it was so funny because they were on my desk. Um, 
when I found out what's on Valentine's Day, so I didn't go to work that day, but I got a text message showing that I had flowers on my desk oh. for Valentine's Day. And I was like, who is that from? Because oh. I didn't think he liked me. Um, but it had a song lyric that only, it was a very specific song that only him and I had talked about. And oh. that's how I knew it was from him. And I was like, oh, shoot, damn, that's really cute. That's a fucking adorable. And uh, I just realized that hanging out with him was so easy. And <laughs> I joke that he's a combo of all of my, the best aspects of all my past relationships. <laughs> so he's a coffee coworker. He dresses like a hipster. He's tall and handsome. He's very sweet. He's a bassist. He's also a talented guitar player who doesn't sing quite well, but does it anyway. Um, and he is also the hardest working person I know. And so he has all these very admirable qualities. And also I had this rule that I would never tell a man that I loved him first. And, uh, he, I ended up breaking that rule with him because it got to the point where this man was so like such a safe place for me that I couldn't not say it. And so I told him I loved him first and <laughs> I told him, shut up, don't say it back. But he said it back. And then of course, uh, I found out maybe like a week later that I was actually pregnant. And keep in mind, we'd been a thing for four months. Ooh. So you're talking about like moving in three months being terrifying and fast. Yeah, that is. But also like getting pregnant after four months was absolutely terrifying. But he said he was down and he was going to stick around. And then no. he's like, in that moment, he's like, I guess I have to marry you now. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you don't, <laughs> idiot. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we had the baby. Um, the pre-baby life was honestly really weird because I was very hormonal and dealing with a lot of shit trauma still. And I think he was secretly going through his midlife crisis, um, which wasn't really communicated at all. I didn't like, I didn't really find out like what he was going through until later. Um, but so pre-baby life was weird. Post-baby life has been nothing but greatness and awesome and now we're engaged and life is good and it's good having a partner that has the same amount like has the same aspirations as you I guess the same level of responsibility um you don't want to have a partner I think that is uh more responsible than you or less responsible than you because that causes problems having good communication is key like I've I've learned to in my past relationships my own insecurities will actually destroy things so I've like tried to maintain like being confident, especially since he's a musician who tours and deals with a bunch of stupid shits like me in the front row. Um, yeah, no, it, it's great. It's really good. And so that's that's my relationship now, and that's where I will probably be for hopefully a long time. All right, so my current situation. <clears throat> so, well, I've basically spent the last seven years of my singleness in what I like to call situationships. So basically, I am committed, but they are not. But in this day and age of dating, um, it's harder, I think, for some people to be committed because there's so many options or whatever. That's another topic. But um, from 27 onward, I've been, I guess you would call a loyal hoe. Like, I'm <laughs> just, I am... I am the loyal one there. They are not, but it's not like I've never been in a, and these little situationships, I like to call them, have lasted different various time frames in the last seven years. Um, the shortest amount being around like three months or so, and then the longest has been three years. So um, 
basically in those little time frame blips, like, you know, three months here, six months here, two years here, three years there, so intertwine or whatever, um, I've been exclusive and have not, like, you know, or at least tried not to cross streams in any kind of way. Um, they, they, for one reason or another, have made an excuse of why I'm not good enough to be a girlfriend, and I've made a little small list of different excuses. Um, They've all ranged to be, I'm just not ready to be an exclusive. I just need more time. I just got out of a relationship. I'm a lone wolf. I love you, but I can't be with you. What? What are you talking about? We're just friends. I just want to hang out. You don't want to be with me. I'm the bad guy. (laughs) So all of those individually have been phrased. I'm sure that I have more. But those have been the quote-unquote excuses that I've gotten. And every time I've gotten one of those phrases, it's usually after I've gotten – there's a certain point, usually three months is my time frame mark where I will try to figure out what the hell this situationship is. And that's when I would get those said excuses. And usually when I got one of those phrases, that's when I would bounce. Um, I am, I have been and would be secure enough in the situation where like that's – I'm secure enough now in these last seven years where like if I got one of those things, like it basically screams in your face, you're not worth it to be my girlfriend to my fucking face. And it's just frustrating and draining and I would just bounce. Um, it would be different if it was determined from that conversation from day one Like, this is a hookup, this is a fuck buddy situation, because in the seven years, there was a sprinkling of those. And because I've always been down with my intentions and being up front, if I ever was confronted with that and I was okay with it, it was consensual, I would be like, yeah, sure, like, that's fine. I'm I'm not, sometimes you just need to get your rocks off. I get it. But most of the time in the last seven years, the intent was to have it develop into a relationship. So when I got to the point where I was like, what is this? And then I would get some sort of excuse. Usually, usually I would bounce um, if it's not um, where I want it to be. Because I'm always intent, at least up front in my intentions. I'm aware that relationships take time and need to develop in some sort of way. But here's the thing is if we were exclusively hanging out consistently and have had regular sex then y'all boys need to stop getting mad and weird whenever like a girl comes up to you after like a few months and is like, what are we? You should know. Like if you don't, why are you wasting someone's time? Like anyway, so just stop it. Stop being all weird and whatever. Um, Occasionally I would go back and forth with one guy if I was feeling particularly insecure. Uh, (laughs) But this guy... uh, I, I hate that that this happened more than once and he became kind of like my fallback. But uh, the dick was just that good. And um, that was the one that, that spanned for, for almost, gosh, three years off and on. And uh, I don't very rarely talk about it too much with a lot of people because it's still very much a fresh wound. Uh, this man will forever be, at least to me, the one that got away. I like to this day don't know how it kind of developed into a relationship and then not a relationship it's very all confuddled and confusing it's been uh, weird a weird off and on three years but um basically 
basically he's a fuck boy with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, my fiance is one of those. <laughs> fuck, fuck boy with a heart of gold. Like it's just we we are friends. We are friends now. Um, I really do enjoy our friendship, and to this day, like would like it to stay a friendship. It's just really hard. Um, because I still, you know, underneath all that layers, I guess would say, like, even though I enjoy our friendship more than our, even our very brief, quote unquote, relationship, if you want to call it that, the relationship part of it was very brief, but like the off and onness, the stuff that really got me attached was like the three years of serious and the not, and then serious and the not. Um, that kind of flippy floppy, I think, almost attaches me a little bit more. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just weird. It's hard because he's so hot. He's so hot. He's so hot. It's the lust. And it's the, lust. And just the dick game is immaculate. It's immaculate. It's, <laughs> it's immaculate. And it legitimately is lust at this point. Um, yeah, just fuck. Homeboy could eat me out like nobody's business. And uh, nobody has topped him since. Yeah. I hate saying that because it just probably will make his head ego whatever you want to call it so much bigger than it needs to be because it's bad enough that he's already hot as hell but like just immaculate (laughs) immaculate and uh i would never tell him that to his face and i hope to god he doesn't listen to this episode but he might but dear god i it my dreams just constant it's frustrating um i i had tried on other occasions to like replace him to like get him out of my brain because I was like he doesn't want to be with me I'm just gonna go do something with someone else and I'm like it's not the same mm-hmm. <laughs> it's awful um and uh which leads me to to today at this current point um I can't remember the last time I've had sex um COVID has already fucked up my already sad dick appointment options <laughs> so I'm basically starved for physical attention which is probably why I'm like putting him on this pedestal is because it's been so long. Mm -hmm. I know everyone says you kind of have to get under someone to get over someone. (laughs) And uh, because he's the last person that I ever did anything with. um, You haven't gotten under anyone else. (laughs) uh, There was a weird overlap. I hate to use the word overlap, but there was another guy that I like dated for a hot second and he was just trash all along. I mean like not just trash bedroom wise, but like, trash person Mm -hmm. like alcoholic gross i remember being like oh it was one of those beer goggle moments where i'm like you were so much more attractive when Mm -hmm. i was drunk um and then i ended up hanging out with said other guy that i was like you know obsessed with for a hot minute and still mildly am complaining about said new guy and was like yeah this new guy fucking sucks and he doesn't know how to like do anything and then this guy's of course because he's a fuck boy with a heart of gold was like mm-hmm, let me show you how it works la 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 and so that's why he is now my last current sexual encounter whereas other people would think if they know like my dating history quote unquote they yeah. would think it's the other guy but it's actually this guy yeah. so uh, uh, com- okay. complicated okay. um but yeah no it, the thing is like for relationships and because i mean i am 
in my needs for physical attention. Like all I really think about is like cuddling and stuff these days. But really when it comes for relationships, because I've spent the last seven years or so in my singledom being in like secret relationships or being not good enough forever for being like an actual relationship to like commit to me, all I really want in a relationship now is to be with someone that not only is ready to settle down in life with me, but like wants a partner in life, Mm -hmm. like wants to experience life with me. And like, is someone who's proud to call me his girlfriend. Like it doesn't need to be like this Instagram fanfare, like woman crush Wednesday, like whatever, like, yeah, I'd be stoked, but it's not, I require very little like PDA kind of attention, but um, you know, it's definitely a love language for me to kind of like physical touch and then also words of affirmation, like being kind of like a secret for so long has been really detrimental to my own, you know, self-esteem. I bet. So to have someone that like is really like real and genuine and not fake or aggressive about their affection um, that's the other thing too, is sometimes people would be, some guys would be like super affectionate and almost becomes kind of aggressive where it's like, whoa, like, huh, you don't need to like grab my ass in the middle of target, like relax. Like I'm all for like a quick, you know, little hug or a smooch or whatever, but like a full groping, like it, they're pulling it off to be like, look, you're so hot. I can't handle it. But I'm like, it's almost, it's possessive and aggressive and really not okay. So I need a happy medium of that. I don't want to be a damn secret, but at the same time, like you need to like be okay with me being with you in public and not be all, yeah, not be all weird about hanging out during the daylight and be like, oh, I only hang out after work and then you're off work at like 1 a.m. Okay, I see how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like honestly, I would love to find someone who has like a great sense of humor, wants to travel and explore new places and food. Um, I would love a little homebody. I'm a little big home nerd. And would love to just kind of chill and relax with someone. I don't need to, I would love to go on adventures, but honestly, like sitting and chilling with movies is tight too and watching video games and stuff like that. Um, Someone who loves kids and would love to have their own or adopt. Like, I wanna settle down and get married and do all those gushy, you know, romantic y things. Um, You know, I'm a big believer in whatever will be, will be, and I'm never one to like force marriage or children on anyone but if I'm in a relationship especially in my age now like I'm in it for the long haul like I'm not in it to just be like oh let's figure things out I'm I'm 32 I I have figured my life out I function great without a man um what I want is someone to compliment my life not to make my life I spent my whole young adult life basically forming my relationship into making it who I was and that's not who I was it ended up making me who I am today and made me the independent woman that I am but like now I don't need someone I want someone to compliment and to grow with and whatever um also like really someone with a positive attitude and intelligence Mm -hmm. and I've dated a few nerds in my life and this is probably a triggering thing for me and that's why I bring it up. But I want someone who's intelligent but is not cynical or negative or pessimistic about their intelligence. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate a bitter nerd. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, anyone or an angry nerd. Um, it's the whole mentality like, oh, it's the same guys that are like, nice guys finish last. I'm such. If you're such a nice guy, you wouldn't feel that way. Um, maybe you're just not a good person. Um, the, the whole nice guys finish last mentality is, is frustrating because it's like, no, no, no. Your attitude projects how you are perceived. And um, just because you're not particularly like – the most attractive person but you you consider yourself anyone who calls themselves like a nice guy and then no one pays attention to me because of it okay you're you're projecting a little bit but yeah like i just um just like a a grumpy nerd too god or someone who's so angry and like pessimistic about the world and life i can't do that either like i don't i don't care how smart you are uh life's too short to be an asshole oh just just what a nice guy. Yeah. That's yeah. all I could ever ask for. Just so. a nice man. Um, for all of you listeners, send your applications to Date Meg's at Talking Tangents Pod on Instagram. Yeah. One yeah. for her to review and for me to approve. Yes. <laughs> yes. Slide into the DMs, please. I'm taking applications. We love love. love the end. Love is love. episode talking about some charities that we care about to bring awareness to issues going on in this country and around the world um we talked about relationships earlier sometimes they're healthy sometimes they're not sometimes they get really really scary um uh an organization not necessarily a charity but you can donate to them that i really care about is uh the national domestic violence hotline it's also known as the hotline uh, if you go to the hotline.org, I was very surprised you open it up and it has a warning or not a warning, but a pop-up that says, hey, this is how you can clear this from your browser history and this is how you can escape the page really quickly in case you're in a dangerous situation. They have a lot of links to situations. If you had kids, what do I do? If I have a pet, what do I do? If I live with them, if I don't, if I know someone, there are so m- I was amazed at the amount of resources they had right there, very direct, because they understand this is a very time-sensitive issue. Um, but there is a button there that you can donate, the hotline.org slash donate. Uh, they have a 24-7 hotline that you could speak to someone at any given moment that if you need help, besides, of course, there's always 911. If you're ever in, the, in an emergency situation, please call 911. Um, but if you have time to chat, you're unsure what steps to take forward, they are available at any time at the hotline.org. So if you'd like to donate, it's the hotline.org slash donate and know that your money will go towards an organization that is ready to help those who are stuck in those situations and don't know what to do. Yes. Very, very important. Um, love that. Um, I wanted to tie into my charity of sorts tying into our first topic of the victims of the Colorado shooting. There is a link. I'm sure there's many more. Um, the one link that I'm aware of is on actually Boulder, Colorado, which is where the shooting location was at on their Instagram. There is a link, like a link tree link of all the different GoFundMes for all the victims families. There's 10 families that I'm sure need help and not only just healing, but, you know, funeral things and such like that. So please look on social media through mm-hmm. all of those folks that, you know, could definitely need some help. Any kind of 
death and mourning is very complicated and troublesome as well as there's all sorts of things not only are you going through mourning but then there's also these logistics that some people don't have the emotional capacity to go through and you know funeral expenses that you're not prepared for and things like that so any any help is is helpful so please look out for any kind of gofundme through boulder colorado's instagram as well as i'm sure through their actual Boulder, Colorado news link. And some of these folks that have had victims are very young and mm. don't know what to do mm-hmm. or it's a lot. And any any little bit helps, and especially for something as sudden and a tragedy as this. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, any at I believe it's at Boulder, Colorado is their Instagram. But yeah, check out any of those link trees. So many people would love any kind of help and support would be would be gratefully appreciated so yeah reach out Mm -hmm. well thanks guys that this was episode three of talking tangents this is the last episode we're recording pre-release so we're excited to see uh, what the reception on our episodes have been thus far thank you for listening thus far yeah yeah check out our social media mm-hmm. um, we would love to hear from you any fun topics and whatnot um, feel free to share with your friends we're we're open to any kind of suggestions i mean we're young gals just wanting to chat and hang out with you guys so if you have any like fun ideas or topics um we would love to have future guests and oh yeah if you're passionate about something <laughs> If, if you have something to say, if you are, you know, a small business owner, if you are uh, anything, really, we we, we want to hear from you. We want to bring that voice to the world as well. So, and if you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, we're just here to hang out, y'all. It's fun. <laughs> all right. We will talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.